0: You're not going to want to put this episode on the back burner because it is therapeutic. It is fucking heartwarming. It is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is bothering the band with the ice cream grunge master himself, Nader of the band NADU. Based out of LA, it's hard to describe the music. But it's easy to listen to him talk, ladies and gentlemen. This is bothering the band with Nadu, dude. Welcome to Bothering the Band again. Uh, huge fans of your tunes. Tell the people how are you and where are you?
1: Well, uh, I'm 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 doing good. Um, I, I I'm in LA now. Um, I, uh, as I think you've already probably read, I'm originally, my family's from Bangladesh. Um, and I moved here when I was about 18 to Texas. And then um, I I did some, uh, I used to work in office, I used to do all these odd jobs. And one day I was like, you know what, I've always wanted to do music. And even though I'd gone to school in Austin, and I just felt like I needed to go somewhere where music is what everybody does you know, I just wanted to be in that environment. So backed up everything and just moved to LA without a real plan. It was just like, let me get there. I'll figure it all out.
0: So here we are. Ah, oh, well you're, you're doing something right. Cause you, <laughs> you. you landed on our radar. Uh, so let me, two things. We fucking love your music. I, it, it's been on rotation nonstop. And I need to know. So, Nadu is the band, correct?
1: Correct. Uh, my name is Nader, but uh, when I was trying to figure out what to call the band, um, I was going through all these different names, and I was like, you know what? I should just stick my name. But let me, you know, let me try to find something that makes a little more personable. And Nadu is something my mom used to call me as a kid, so
2: I was like, ah, that works.
0: Oh, that's cool. I also um, wanted to ask because this has happened before in the past, like we listen to the music. If we don't have all, if we can't find audio of the artists, if they have a, you know, a unique name or a unique band name, if we don't have audio of them saying it, we, you know, chances are we might mess it up. <laughs> if you did your own research, we got some real stupid questions for you. So I hope... Um, I hope you're ready because some of it is bananas.
1: Gotcha. I, I did listen to, I was trying to find a comparable. I I, uh, I think my nature is to try plants. So my first question to Caroline was like, hey, is there like a thing I'm supposed to go over? And she's like, no, no, if you listen to the podcast, it will be like, the, you know, they just kind of ask what they want. I'm like, oh, you're kind of scaring me a little bit. But all right. <laughs> so I I think I listened to Sky Wallace. Which, which was, I was like, okay, she's a comparable, you know, same, you know. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, so this is what these guys are about. So that's about as far as I went. And obviously I, I read a little bit about the podcast and you and Abby. and uh, I know you're a comedian, for example, I guess. <laughs> I, I,
0: I don't think I'm a comedian. I'm just a writer who, who loves music. Um, but <laughs> the internet, you know. Um, yeah, so we asked questions like what's your favorite soup and that's an example but now i'm curious what is your favorite soup
1: (laughs) you know the hilarious thing is that i absolutely love soup um
0: (laughs) i I know we did we dug we dug deep (laughs)
1: um i noodle soups are my go-to but by saying noodle soup uh you have uh you know you have your regular chicken noodle soup but I usually go end up being, I'm a pho guy, if you're familiar with Vietnamese pho. Um, And it's the broth that does it for me every time. And uh, my wife makes a killer uh, vegan chicken and dumpling soup, uh, which is my
2: go-to a lot of the time.
0: Are you yourself vegan?
2: Um, I'm pescatarian. Okay. uh, Fish and, uh, and since
1: we eat at home most of the time, it'll end up being all the time don't end up being vegan
0: but i don't i'm not really vegan myself i lost track of time and now i'm starving because i was gonna (laughs) i try to eat before because we always uh like somehow go into food we always segue into food (laughs) it's just a natural human instinct love some pho i was gonna ask another soup question have you ever read any you said you moved to the states when you were 18 did you read any any chicken soup for the soul books and or do you know what that is
2: yeah i
1: did it, yeah it was everywhere it was everywhere i think it was like it might it might as well have been considered some kind of weird american export um, <laughs> because you would go into a bookstore and the first thing on display would be that book and uh, I remember my dad coming in one day, he's like, have you read this book? It's, you know, insane. And I think it's just one of those books that looks like dads should pick it up. You know what I mean? Like the cover, like the way it's the graphics. Um, and uh, I do remember, re- I don't recall at the top of my head specifically what story, but, you know, obviously when my dad handed it to me, I felt like I had to read some of it. Um, so I think I remember a few stories of being inspired, but but what what made you think of it
0: or... 'Cause I'm just an idiot and I'm a kid of <laughs> I'm a kid of the nineties as well. And I feel like um if you're of a certain age or demo, like you, you know, I, I guess it was all over though. I, I thought it was, you know, just lay I thought it was something like and this is exact verbatim, something your stepmom gives you and she doesn't know what else to give you. I <laughs>
1: uh, I know more about this than you might actually think.
2: Lay it on us.
1: Um, so so, Chicken Soup for the Soul is actually a great story about manifesting I don't know if you're into that Um, like the story of the book itself not the actual stories in it Uh, but the guy who uh, who wrote it he was like I want to make sure that this is a success and in his head the books in the aisle when you're checking out at the supermarket you know the books that stack in the aisle to him, those were the books that were making it. And his, all, his whole aim was to try to figure out, connect to somebody who would put his book in that aisle. And literally, that's the secret of his success, that he found somebody. He went to some conference. He met somebody he just, uh, who was like, oh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm your guy. I will put your book in these supermarket aisles. And that was the secret of his success.
2: Wow.
0: We're all going to go to separate <laughs> gro- grocery stores tomorrow. <laughs> and see it and be like it's gonna be it's gonna be a rando one too it's like chicken soup for the divorced christian lady soul and we're gonna to have to buy it right. next time i see it i'm
3: gonna
0: i'm gonna send it to you oh man
1: My, mine will have to be super specific uh for the bengali rocker soul. i don't know if you'll find it but
0: anyway i gotta write this down um, so you're in LA. What's your favorite music venue in LA?
1: It's Highland Park Bowl. And I know this might come as a surprise to some people around uh, because it's, 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 a, it's a bit of a hybrid. It, it is a venue where bands play, but it's mostly a bowling alley and pizza place and all of that. But it's a place i found, maybe perhaps with the neighborhood, I found that the most nicest people just gather and the book everybody else is just like a really nice and easy to work with and the um this was kind of pre-pandemic but uh i was trying to find a way to start gathering more people to come to la shows and if you uh, i don't know how familiar with the la music scene in general but it is tough as heck especially as a transplant to try you know building building a presence and because most people are in bands themselves, so they're probably heading out to other shows or they're playing themselves. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start um, going out to different venues while other bands are playing. If they're similar to me, I'll, I'm going to start handing out these little flyers and just talking to people like, hey, if you like these guys, I'm playing at Highland Park Bowl this next Friday, da da da. And so I did that for about a couple of weeks. We played Halm Park Bowl, and it was about 100 people. And most of them had come in from those little flocks. And it kind of just kicked us off into now that we're actually having a presence in the scene that we're able to say, hey, you know what? Any given night, we might be able to actually get you 50, 60 people. Uh, and this is why. Um, so that's probably why that venue has a special place in my heart. Plus, it's one of the few places where you can walk by and you can see the band from the street. And you pull in people that way, and it's very, very organic. And uh, uh, we've had a lot of people discover us that way. And, uh, and I'm a South by, you know, I went to Austin, so I, w- I used to go to South by during its heyday early years, or I guess depending on what you call its heyday. <laughs> but I love the fact that you could hear something and you just want to walk in and watch the band. It's, to me, that's something what music should be all about. Um, so anyway, so for those reasons, I love Hound Park Bow. Hmm.
0: Man, that's uh, that's a super philosophy. I love your, your heart is in the right spot, <laughs> and we we have a few names, and I'm curious. So we've had a bunch of people from LA. We've done live shows in LA. We are. I'd like to think this sounds like hu- hubris, but I'd like to think we're tapped into a little bit of of different location, like different cities' music scene, specifically LA. We've done a, we did a live show there last last summer. At hotel cafe, Oh, okay, yeah. So it was a fun spot. we uh, we saw Delta Spirit at a place. Oh. I don't know where we saw them at
2: the lodge room.
0: The lodge room. Oh, the
2: lodge room. Okay, yeah.
0: And then we went to another show at the Moroccan Lounge. Great and, place. And we've just befriended, you know, quite a few people. One of whom is named Randy Randalls of a band called No Age. Do you know a band called No Age?
1: I absolutely love No Age
0: well let me say one thing and then you go the minute i heard your your music i was like this this is updated no age i was like this is fucking <laughs> great and i love no Age. Oh, anyways man. go you go
2: okay um you know how you're you have these
1: subconscious things that you do and one of the reasons why i even shortened Nader to nadu is because i love the name no age uh, and. Uh, I saw um I had never even heard of No Age till they they came they came and played Houston a good number of years ago while I was still in Texas. And uh, I would never really heard No Age. And then I walked in and they did man um, uh, I saw Randy's setup with all those huge amps behind him. And I was like, this sounds this is insane, you know, even before they started playing. And I I was expecting five people to come out. because of the number of amps and it's only Randy so it's just I've never ever seen anything like it in my life and I was like this is insane two people and I I couldn't even begin to understand what the heck he was doing uh, with all those amps and all that sound and it just completely changed how I approached music because and that's one of the reasons why I even moved to LA to try you know do something with music
3: so
0: Man, I so like no joke. I was, I it's in our notes already. Um, I was <laughs> like, you know, uh, mention, ask him if he knows of the band No O-H. Age. Um, it's no surprise that you do. And I'm after we're done here, we'll I'm gonna send you his email or Abby. Oh, you. and then no, you no. guys should link up because it's it's just parallel tunes and great tunes. Um, that being said. Can you tell us about any other, and it's just excuse my American idi- idiocracy,
2: bang- Bangladeshi musicians that we should listen to? Hmm. It's, a bit of a, it's a bit of an interesting question for me because uh, the,
1: the interesting thing is that um, I've been away from Bangladeshi music for a long time now. Um, so my references are probably not even updated
0: or any in the States or, you know, any, you know,
1: um, but I think I can give you a good, uh, so when, when, uh, I started music in high school and that was right before I moved to the U S and one of the things that was going on was people our age were actually playing rock music. And most of the scene before that was, you know, there were some bands around who were doing 70s rock and 80s rock, but there was no real contemporary scene. And when I was in high school, that was a heyday of corn uh, limb Raging Raging's Machine, all that good stuff. So me, me and my buddy, we actually, um, since these bands would never actually come and play, <coughs> sorry, me, come, and, come and play in Bangladesh, next best thing was, uh, was cover bands who would actually have covers from these bands. So uh, me and my buddy, when we actually started playing music in high school, the first show we did um, uh, was covering Rage and Machine Corn and all of these. Um, but we were really inspired by these uh, this band called Cryptic Fate. Uh, and uh, they're still around. And I think, given your taste in music, I think you will enjoy them. Um, and they play like just good old they're really inspired by Iron Maiden, Megadeth, that kind of thing. Um, but there were the few guys who were actually doing or or close to. They're still in a good number of years our senior, but at least they were a little more contem- contem- contemporaries uh, compared to the other bands. Uh, they're still around and still kicking. Um, they do some good. They do some good music. Uh, you can check them out.
0: Do they do covers or, or original?
1: Oh, they do original music. Oh,
0: okay. Um, Cryptic Fate.
2: Okay. Sorry, that, that was a bit of a sidebar. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, I, I, I like the thought of, of,
0: of you guys rocking out to Limp Biscuit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's real adorable and funny.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever seen any of those bands live Limp Biscuit, Corn? Um, uh,
1: unfortunately, no. Um, I was hoping to catch *Raging Machine* that was pre-pandemic when they announced that tour, uh, yeah. but in the in the past couple of years, I've really focused on. It's kind of odd when you make that mental transition from being I'm a music fan and I'm now I'm a rock star. You know, you cross that line and it's very hard to go back and forth. Uh, the last big show that I actually caught was Jack White when he just recently came oh, uh, nice. to LA. Um, that was a dream come true because I actually missed him, uh, right before white stripes broke up, they were supposed to play Austin city limits. And right at the last moment, they announced that, you know, or they're breaking up or they're taking hiatus, whatever it was. And I didn't, I couldn't see them. And that was back in, I think, 2007 or something like that. Um,
2: so he, um, are you guys in LA? No,
0: I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida and Abby, Abby is in Wyoming.
1: Gotcha. Um, i we, we I, I have an interesting yeah, I, gotcha. <laughs> I do an interesting Wyoming story if we have time to get into that but <laughs> uh, but Jack White announced that he was doing a small show here uh at the Belasco, which is a small theater. I don't know how familiar you are with that and uh, so my my wife just applied for the raffle, and we just got in and we were I think I don't know one of maybe three hundred
2: people
3: there.
1: it was a It was amazing. I was 10 feet away from Jack White. I could not have dreamed the better.
2: (laughs) It was insane. Wow. Um, Oh, man.
0: I have chills just thinking about you being there. (laughs) So lay lay this uh, Wyoming story on us.
1: Um, I actually went on a, this was while I was still doing corporate work. uh, And one of the things I used to do was uh, compliance work. And to cut a long story short, um, I walked into this cattle rancher's guy office, uh, trying to tell him that he owes us money. <laughs> and walking into the room, watching all these uh, mounted uh, animal heads on the wall, and about to tell him that he owes he owes us money. <laughs> um, it was a very <clears throat> Very hiring experience.
0: Well, that guy's a big listener, so he's he's probably real esteemed right now. That <laughs> uh, you mentioned your corporate job. What was your very first job?
1: My very first job was as a um, uh, was as a cashier for this chain called Taco Cabana. If you're familiar with it, they're a Texas taco chain, and uh, I was hired oddly enough because I spoke English.
0: <laughs> oh okay
1: <laughs> because uh most of the crew was i guess hispanic mm-hmm. uh and there were there were more uh um they had an easier time with spanish and uh my uh when i'm when i moved first i was just looking for and they were like hey you can speak english so uh, you can do the cashier i was like it's a weird qualification for this job but you know what? as long as i got the job i'll take it
0: do you get Anyone, did you or do you now get anyone speaking, just automatically speaking Spanish to
2: you or any other <laughs> mistaken identity? Uh, Spanish, I think,
1: is the most, you, usually the most first that people go to simply because they might assume I'm, I'm Hispanic as well.
2: Uh, um,
1: and also, you know, given most of the time, they'll, uh, they'll be the demographic I might run across. Yeah. So
0: uh abby worked at a taco bell so you guys have tacos in common in your (laughs) younger formative years
2: you know Uh,
1: let's see if we have this in common really quick abby do you know how to roll a burrito properly
2: i mean i didn't make the food so probably not (laughs) probably not Um, i like you go in and then roll a little bit and then in and then roll
1: uh, I'm I'm the same way. I I could I think I had to jump in like maybe twice. I remember because the number sticks out to me because all three times the customer came back,
2: and they were like, "This is <laughs> exactly." But I can run a drive-through <laughs> window better than anybody. Right. I just want that to be known in the world.
0: Wait 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 wait. Someone someone bought a burrito, uh-huh. and like apparently like judge how it was. Pat, like rolled and then brought it back and was like, oh, I'm, ha- back. "I'm unhappy with this presentation."
1: Yeah, because it's falling apart. <laughs> so, <laughs> because you expect to just unroll your bread and so get straight to eating, right? So you can't do that if it's falling apart. I guess you would come back.
2: Those were white <laughs> people for certain. <laughs> I don't think I would ever do that. I would
0: just be like, "I guess it's a bowl now," you know, and that's the, yeah. this is. The- I'd use chopsticks for it.
1: Or oh, it was that bad. I
0: mean... <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's wild. Um, that's a real wild turn of an events. <laughs> okay, we're sticking with the food. See, we get we get in on the food. Um, bottle of soda, can of soda, or fountain
2: soda. Oh, I don't know if you like this answer. I don't drink soda. <laughs> that there are. <laughs> There are no... Well,
0: do you drink bottled air? Boom. No. <laughs> um,
1: well, I, I like Spindrift. Are you familiar with Spindrift? Oh, yeah, though? yeah.
0: Love yeah. it. I love the, uh, the half and half one, the half tea, uh-huh. half lemonade one.
1: Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. They also have now have like a strawberry lemonade, I think. Oh, nice. Great.
0: Yeah. yeah, I drink that. I drink like the sparkling water as well.
1: Gotcha. I couldn't do La Croix for some reason. And Spindrift mm-hmm. just passes that. Test somehow because i guess they combine actual fruit juice with carbonated water
0: and the bubbles i like the bubbles in spindrift better better it feels better
1: <laughs> absolutely 100 percent.
0: so you don't drink so like if any reason or just like it's not your jam
1: oh no it's just honestly because of diet yeah uh, um because it's just so much sugar and if it's something i can easily get from something like spindrift it's an easy
2: replacement you know yeah no, that's really where it came from
0: I'm right there with you. Do you drink, Uh, well, you, you probably don't drink milk, right? Pescatarian, vegan-esque. Do you drink um, milk? I,
1: I I eat cheese. Okay. Um, I don't end up drinking milk
2: because at home we just keep, it'll be usually the oat milk. Okay. Do you drink coffee? I love coffee.
1: Absolutely love coffee.
0: And do you put oat milk in or are you going black?
1: I go black. Um, I'll, I just do a hint of cinnamon and I do this fancy thing, which um, I put an orange slice in it from time to time, which I, I don't, don't know do if you've now, ever tried.
0: I have not. I have not, but I will definitely do this. Very. soon. I love coffee. I drink coffee like a maniac. Uh, I also like for the listeners and for Abby, I like your you're, you're getting comfy now. I love it. Oh. <laughs> Look, He's chilling. Uh perfect segue. Where do you where do you get your hair cut?
1: Oh, uh my wife does my hair.
0: She does a great job. You look cool, man.
1: Thank you. Um I always had it's one of those weird things that I knew I understood about me, but I've always found it hard to settle on a hairstyle. And I would always be jealous of people who are like, "Oh man, this guy knows what to do with his hair for like since the age of, I don't know, 14." And for some reason I could never really settle on something. Uh, until maybe a few years ago. And then my wife just cut it. And I was like, okay, I like this hair. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm cutting your hair from now on. I'm like, all right, cool.
0: Does, does she dye it as well? Mm-hmm. She does everything. Oh, well, um, next time we're in LA, I'm going to go <laughs> get my hair, dude.
2: Yeah, can she cut these bangs so I can stop acting like it's early 2000s emo? <laughs> uh
0: She can. I mean, she does her
2: own hair too. So I'm sure she can.
0: And she's not a hairstylist, right?
3: No, no. <laughs> uh, no uh, uh,
0: I I suffer from the same thing though. When I, especially in, again, younger years, um, I didn't know long, short, you know, more like hip hop, more punk rock. I couldn't really find my niche, and it took me a long time. So I feel your pain. Yeah. You can pull off a much cooler look than I can, though. Uh, uh, I also think with like certain levels of musical talent, you could pull off anything. So, (laughs) you know, you could, I don't know. I'm trying to think it's the craziest shit ever, but uh, you could have a bowl cut like Jim Carrey in Dumb and
2: Dumber.
1: Yeah. It seems like as long as you're distinctive, um, that's really the, the thing that comes across, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's like the mullet thing is is kind of in with certain mm. indie bands depending on where oh, they're yeah. from. And then it's like, eh, that's that's a true. That a, a lot
1: name. of Australian bands. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: And Canadian, we've seen a lot of Canadian, yeah, with with that. <laughs> We're having a fun time. Okay. Uh do you have any windows
3: <laughs> in
0: the your windows that yeah, that your face? <laughs> facing right now and what do you see out those windows
1: um i have i do have a window behind me um and i just see my neighbor honestly and my neighbor's another house Uh, um uh i was uh speaking which i I was lucky enough to uh, move out of an apartment and actually find a house during the pandemic um but but that's that helped also
0: and now it's stocked with chicken soup books and, (laughs) and the window. window. Everyone listening right now, go listen to the song, the window. It's great. Uh, uh, This question came to us today. Do you
2: have, since you have a a new home uh, relatively, do you have a favorite burner on your stove? Huh? Actually I do. Not so everyone does. (laughs) why is that <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I i've been re- recently trying to be more self-aware of you know diagnose you know social anxiety cues or whatever and one of the things i learned that uh, you you pick out something that's familiar to you and you keep going back to it uh and apparently it's the same thing that extends to even when you go to a coffee shop you have a favorite barista that you keep talking to um, and it, it gives you the sense of familiarity every time you're, so it's not enough that you go back to the same coffee shop, you order the same thing. You'll, it also helps you to be with the same person. So maybe having your favorite burner is, I guess, similar.
0: So which one is it?
1: Oh, <laughs> I never answered the question. <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a front right. I have four okay. burners. So it's a front
0: right. Okay, so you're going front right. Abby, what's yours? Front right. Oh, I got to go front left. Uh, no. My the front left one is the bigger one on. No, my, front
2: so. right's the big
0: big one.
1: <laughs> my mine are all equally uh, equal size, but what are you?
0: <laughs> equal opportunity burners over here. <laughs> right.
1: But are you left-handed, Ryan? Maybe that's. No, different. I'm not. No,
0: huh. okay. I'm right-handed. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think of other. Think about. Let's all do this little exercise. Think about other places you've lived, and I want to say. It is dependent on the layout of the kitchen. Because when I lived in New York, my fridge was right up against the, the stove. So I used the right front because it was away from things. Ah. Wow, we're getting deep.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to
1: remember all the apartments I've been in. And that, that is definitely a consideration. Uh...
0: Let's list all our favorite burners from, from birth to present day. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) I would only use the back if I'm dealing with multiple things.
0: Yeah. No one goes back. (laughs) You gotta be a real, a real psycho. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna put this on the back burner. Bang! Nailed it. I am not a comedian. I'm just a person I write puns for a living and uh, interview cool musicians. Abby, have you moved on from the burner question? Okay.
2: Yes, we're done. Uh, but
1: by, by the way, I didn't say this earlier, but Abby, your hair already looks great. So I don't know why you would want to change
2: it. But... Oh, thank you. I just want to be able to see. I, I just want to go up <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> She's had the same haircut since uh, middle school. It's just the bangs. vary. <laughs> you know, so. Oh goodness!
2: I'm that person who hates that figured out the haircut. <laughs>
0: yeah, you figured it out so fucking young. You're like, this is it,
2: right? I was about to say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's shape. It's shape of my face. Everything. It has. Every, it's everything.
1: Ryan, uh, really quick. Did you ever do that thing where I even I even used this chart to try to figure out what my hairstyle should be depending on my face shape, and I still could not understand what the heck that was about.
0: No, I do know what you're talking about. I never, I never used it. I, I when in my younger days, I followed, you know, whatever was cool. And I was always late, like all the time. So if it was like <laughs> a long hair, I was a year and a half late to the game. And everyone yeah. had cut their hair. They had fades and shit like that. And then I was like, oh, I'll go fade. And then everyone got some other fucking frosted tips or something. And I was late to that. And,
2: you know. <laughs> <laughs> you still have frosted tips it's fine uh, yeah uh, I we, did. we just can't see it <laughs> no <laughs>
0: um well now that you mentioned that did you have any like trendy hairstyles in like high school or that you regret
1: um you know i didn't have a trendy hairstyle because i still was suffering yeah. from that trying to figure out my hair but i did want i did wear those beady beads necklaces you know what i'm talking about.
0: Oh we yes. did.
1: <laughs> they that's were so it. in. They were so in. Um I thought I was like the coolest mofo rolling in. I...
0: <laughs> did you have any puka shell necklaces? Uh
1: no, those didn't make it across the oh, Okay, across the oh, yeah. divide. But...
0: <laughs> but, but chicken soup did. That's, chicken,
1: that's chicken, right. soup
2: did. chicken soup in those terrible beaded necklaces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is like therapy. This is it fun. really is. This is fun. The, the whole thing. <laughs> this might spur something as well.
2: Okay. A recent song you've had stuck in your head. Huh. Recent song. A Joke by Chastity Belt. Oh, yeah?
3: yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. There,
1: there's something about that chorus. Uh, and it's so simple. And But it just, it was just always, it's just stuck in my head. Uh, And I'll come back to it every couple of months. Like once I got into it and when I listen to it, I'll have to listen to it like 10 times in a row.
0: I was supposed to see them and then I got tickets and it was right in the middle of the pandemic. So I got tickets before pandemic happened, didn't see them. And it's one of those things we talk about a lot where we're, we're both in places that it's very rare for good bands to come like good indie bands. and so it's like, well, that was my one chance. <laughs> Fuck, I gotta go to LA or New York or something yeah. to see them.
2: Uh, okay, what's one song what's one song that always gets stuck in your head?
3: Hmm. That gets stuck in
2: my head. Man, that's a tough one. But I'll have to go with and this is this is really old school, but uh, break on through
1: by
3: the oh, Doors. Yeah. Nice.
1: It just never, ever left my brain. And I think it has partly to do with the fact that um, when I was a kid, my introduction to music at first was through my parents, which I think a lot of people are. And for some reason, my mom got me onto Michael Jackson. And I would just listen to, you know, his albums on repeat because it's all my mom had. And then this one day, my friend goes, he puts in this mixtape and he's like, man, I'm going to blow your mind. And the first song that comes out is Break on True. And I was like, what is this? And it just completely changed. And believe it or not, the first thought in my head, and I, 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 I didn't even like the concept of being a musician at that point for some reason. I don't know why, or it didn't even strike my brain. But as soon as I heard him sing, I was like, I wanna be that guy. That's the guy I wanna be. And I didn't even realize that you know, he, was, you know, he was dead and this was you know, music from the 60s. I didn't, I didn't know any of that at the time, but I was like, I wanna, I wanna go where he is I want to make music like him. I want to sing like him. That's the guy I want to be. Um, so it's always stuck in my head.
0: Dude, Um, that's a, that's a fantastic answer. It makes me think, I'm sure a lot of people have this, that one friend who kind of opens the gate, if you will, the floodgate of music for you, because yeah, we are given this, uh, this collection from our parents And then someone kind of opens it up and that happens throughout your life. Like someone else might open up a different door. Uh, But my, I remember my friend, Richard Edmonds, I remember I was, I was very much into pop and rap and really young. And he played the doors for me. He played, um, what was it? Touch me. Uh -uh. Touch me. And I was like, what is this weird? Thing. and i remember being viscerally affected as yourself mm-hmm. that's very cool man you're 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 closer than you think you're a, you're in la you're you, you look and dress super cool <laughs> think, yeah. you take your shirt off on stage you got to start doing that
1: oh yeah <laughs> i have to build up some abs first i think
0: <laughs> well the heroin and booze and that'll right.
3: help yeah.
0: you know, don't do that um <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, Abby, do you, what, what was the music that opened your? I feel like you were cool. You knew your hairstyle.
2: <laughs> I mean, my parents listened to stuff from the 60s and 70s. So yeah, I knew that already. But I do remember the friend that opened the floodgates was my friend Nick Taylor. Um, we used to just trade everything all the time. And then also if I heard something, I would look it up on, you know, like Napster and be like, what was that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh goodness. That was like late in the game, I feel like. It was. It was later. I remember punk rock though, when when I with Justin Zito. I that guy could be dead. I don't know. But he's still a boy in my head. And he was like, listen to this. And it was like Operation Ivy Rants and all that shit. And I was like, this is exactly what I need in my in my 10-year-old life.
1: I uh I have something to tell you on the, on those lines. So that was the
2: first floodgate. The second floodgate was punk. And um, I think I saw I think I saw the vid- music video for Blink 22, all the small things.
1: And that just started something in me. And the thing is that in in Bonnet, there's very few people knew punk outside of Blink 22 But for me, for some reason, I was like, this seems like too small to be contained in one band. This has to be, you know, a a more expansive genre than this. And I went down this rabbit hole where I discovered the Sex Pistols, Pennywise, the whole SoCal scene. And uh, I I had, I actually knew somebody back then who was traveling from the U.S. to Bangladesh. And I had them bring a pair of vans just so I could be cool. And nobody in school even knew what the hell they were. They were like, "Who's this kid wearing like checkered, you know, shoes for no reason?" But, I but I, I knew what they were, and that was good enough for me. And I was like, "Oh man, if these people only knew, you know, about all these." And I would I would go back to, "Are you guys familiar with Limewire or Kazaa?" That was of sort of before Netflix. Oh yeah. Uh, so I would just download whole out, al- you know, whole whole albums from there, and just keep getting into it, and all these references that nobody else would understand. Um. But I think that's part of the whole manifesting thing because I, I feel like I kind of manifested myself being in LA at some point or being in SoCal because I would, that's all I would listen to. I would just listen to bands from SoCal. Uh, of course, Offspring was big too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, today, I heard Pretty Fly for a White Guy and I yeah. am surprised and a little bit ashamed at how much of the lyrics I knew
2: i could probably sing the whole thing
0: it's wild this is is way
1: too therapeutic um especially with their latest album coming out i had to go back and i was like wow i i know this whole american album top to bottom
0: oh dude that crash album was it called crash or whatever self-esteem was on and with the it was the skeleton cover yeah
1: um it wasn't called splash but but now you made me forget it.
0: <laughs> oh, devils! <laughs> Smash! But
1: it was something. Smash! Smash! Yes, we yes, were close. We were close yeah. I said
0: crash. You said splash. It was <laughs> called Man, this is so much fun. I was. I had another. The problem with these things is like, the minute we go on it, I like think of something. I'm like, ooh, talk about that, and then I'm like, wait a second, and then I forget it. Man. Uh, musical floodgates, therapy, growing up, Kazan, uh, Napster. I don't fucking. Oh, what a! This is nothing. But it's crazy how much work we had to do for music, especially yourself. Uh, and that makes me remember what I was gonna ask. Did you get made fun of, or were you super cool for those vans? Were people like, "Holy shit, this guy's dope"? Um,
1: I got made fun of um, because because the thing was like, even I guess I. Uh, I didn't actually, now that I look back on it, I didn't actually look cool because I also wasn't getting the full picture off the fa- off the whole trend, if you know what I mean. Like I'll be still be wearing these, you know. Um, uh, okay, I have to dial it back a little. Do you remember when Travis Barker first start like being a fashion icon? And one of the things he would do is he would wear these really baggy uh, baggy pants with these white shoes and it was this huge contrasting thing because it would be all black and these all white shoes and i was like man i could pull that off so (laughs) so i just wore that and people were like what are you dumb like why are you wearing these white shoes with black pants for no you know reason but that was the only
0: thing didn't he wear like adidas shell toes as well
1: uh i don't remember the
0: so were your white shoes vans
1: no, so that's no. the thing. I was I, I was just copying the I was just copying what I saw, not the actual yeah. brand. So I can I was like, okay, you know what? If people make fun of me, you know, it was it was uh, it was warranted, I suppose, because I was I wasn't fully committing myself to what I actually had in my head, you know, or what I was
2: supposed to, I suppose.
0: <laughs> you were doing the best with what you right. had,
2: right? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much.
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyways.
0: That's so, that's pretty fun. Um, let's stay with music here. How do you describe your music?
1: Um, you know, I was just thinking about this today uh, because I started off and, you know, you listen to a bit of my catalog and you can clearly see that I start off very much in the garage rock, surf rock, punk rock area. Um, and the latest album is de- deviating from that, uh, from that heuristic uh, way, I guess.
2: but. I guess I would have to describe. End of the day, it's it's rock. It's you know it's rock and roll. But um, it's almost like I'm trying to. I'm sort of trying to mix and match all the stuff
1: that I listen to. Like in, a, in a, almost like a curatorial sense, like hey, this is what I listen to, and once my brain gets hold of these different genres, this is how it kind of comes across. Uh, almost like a best of that
0: really makes sense? It, it definitely made sense, without a doubt. <laughs> it's going to be real hard to write about it after the fact. <laughs> That's a cheap question to get the guests to be like, help me write the introduction and the, and the description oh, of this okay. fucking episode. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: okay. Let, let me
1: help you out. Um, <laughs> um,
2: I guess you got, got a Rock. great laugh, by the yeah. way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, Yeah, I guess indie
1: rock would be the most apt description. But uh, uh, so somebody once uh, somebody mentioned the other day, just because they would listened to some of the later songs, they were like, "Hey, man, I know you're kind of, you know, going off into a different different vibe, but I can still feel your garage rock heart or your punk rock heart in. No matter what you do, I still there's still that heart in it." So, but I don't know, that probably still doesn't help your introduction.
0: But. Well, you got some blues in there too. And I guess what I want to get at is in, on our platform is more mm-hmm. adjectives, more genres of music. Genres. Instead, of, instead of fitting you into a genre, mm-hmm. let's make up the genre. And gotcha. I, I don't have any off the top of my head, but we can make that up not not well just keep doing you and one day it will be um you know you know how like uh something that becomes so big or so known it it has its own i don't know philosophy behind it like like seinfeldian or whatever the fuck and we'll we'll use uh yours will become a religion it'll be uh naduism bam um oh you laugh now both of you uh, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> In 50 years, oh. when our kids are like, ah, oh, my dad made me listen to Nadia. Man. Oh, Tell the floodgates. We're getting somewhere.
1: Now that you mentioned blues, you know, it's one of those things you, 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 try, you, try, to, you try to go back and analyze yourself. Um, the, um, my first introduction to, and I think I drew heavy experience from the Blackies' first album, The Big Gama. Um, yeah, and I think that really drew me into um, in, into that world of blues, garage rock. So I, that's definitely a, a early influence in some of the songs. My later uh, this album has more from stuff like Snail Mail or mm-hmm. uh, Japanese Breakfast, and I know Japanese Breakfast would be indie pop. Um, uh, Snail Mail would be indie
2: rock. Um, I have some jazz stuff in there. Um, which I think also falls. So yeah, indie rock or alternative
1: rock is usually probably what would make up the general umbrella of what I'm doing now. Um,
0: Yeah. That's what the man will call it. That's what the, (laughs) you know, we're going to call it something else. We'll figure it out. Uh,
1: (laughs) Become your own niche. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah. For real. You know, (laughs) Um, and it's, it's, it's entities like this. We're, we're trying to, give it a label so other people will go oh i like this i'm gonna listen to this because if i if we call it something that we make up no one's gonna know what it is so we're we're just playing you know round around catch 22 and i, I don't like it we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna think about this this is um uh, very philo- ph- uh, musically philosophical we're gonna think of new <laughs> genres to fit new like bands to, to make up the genres. I'm rambling. Yeah. How many pancakes do you think you could eat?
2: Huh? Uh, I actually have a, I have a deep, good answer to this question. <laughs> um, I think I could easily do 10, if not 20, 10 for wow. sure.
1: Cause I've done that.
2: What's the diameter of these pancakes? Regular. Oh, like,
1: okay. That's a good regu- question. Mass? I was imagining yeah
0: not silver dollar or whatever they're called Uh, like regular diner you know they're like a foot or whatever maybe a little less 10 inches 10 inches
2: we all know what regular but yeah
0: regular (laughs) like deli diner bagel place pancakes
1: yeah i could do 10 for sure because i I used to go to ihop all the time uh so i know i know that's why i said i have a good answer to this question
0: (laughs) But, uh, 10, and, 10 to 20 is a lot, dude.
1: I, uh, so this is one of the things you didn't expect to find out, probably, or maybe you did, I don't know. Um, I competed in an ice cream eating contest, and I won when I was still in school. <laughs> and I was so inspired by this new career trajectory that I was on <laughs> that I went to some place that said they were doing regionals of ice cream eating contest, and I, I competed in it and I came in by a hair, second by a hair and then I went back home and my teeth hurt for like four days and I was like, all right, I, was, <laughs> I tried something. <laughs> I The first time I tried it, I didn't win something so I have a golden spoon that I still have. So at least I can say I did something <laughs> with this
0: okay so many fucking questions
3: my face what?
1: hurts
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. where's the golden spoon now <sighs>
1: uh, i do have it uh it's a it, you know how you keep a box of mementos yeah, or yeah, something yeah. so it's, it's in there. i would
0: love if you're like it's right here it
2: should be on the wall with those guitars
0: <laughs> you go right in between uh, those two axes yeah. <laughs> okay uh another just observation I love that there is a ice cream eating contest subculture <laughs> so, that right. you can move up the hierarchy right. Right. to, and he used the word career. Right.
1: Right. No, I, I, I see, I didn't expect to win. See, that's the thing. So that's when I was like, huh, can I actually make a go at this?
0: <laughs> huh? How do you make your millions?
3: Right.
0: Eating ice cream. Brain freezes. <laughs> I thought of the, the last thing I'll say is, I thought of a, a genre, ice cream grunge.
3: Because
0: huh. it play ice cream grunge. You, uh, Get it? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. We're, sh- we're 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 moving. <laughs> we're shaking. We're you're, you're a wordsmith. Philosoph- we're philosophizing. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, wow. No, that actually fits. That actually fits the sound.
0: Yeah. I would actually say so. Well the ice cream is like the 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 jazz okay. poppy side mm-hmm. the grunge is you know the the garage rock. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Wow, you you're, you're wow. <laughs> you're blowing my mind.
0: You're Caroline your publicist better <laughs> right. in the Watch in the that. next press release. <laughs> okay, you know what? We're not going to mention to tour. We're going to just see if she listens <laughs> and then see if it you know in a, whenever the record comes out and we get the announcement we're going to be like, ice cream grunge musician. <laughs> but what, I, one of our questions is, when does it
2: come out? It comes out March 3rd. 3rd? Like 3? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Writing that down. March 3rd. Very exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, man. I'm
1: already oh. working on the follow-up, but... Um, I'm hoping to be faster now with releases. Uh, it, it helps to have your own, you know, your own home uh, to, so you can work out of there. And uh, I, I've just been realizing that you reach so many more people through the internet now. And I'm a live performer through and through and I'm never gonna stop. But uh, it's just amazing how um, the reaches now, like, you know, somebody in Brazil listening to Nadu and stuff like that. and so I've just kind of drawn back into being like, you know what, I need to focus on releasing just more and more music. So, because, you know, the more music you release, the more people it gets to, the more they understand your sound. And, um, uh, it just been something that I, I've become more conscious about and starting to devote more time to, um, I know, I know we didn't get into this part, but I, uh, I plan all my own tours as well. Uh, and, uh, it's it's a significant amount of time, I'm sure, if you've ever delved into that role. And actually making a good tour, so not, because I, half the time I would see bands playing outdoors and be like, oh man, I just played with whoever, you know, whomever could play, uh, whatever venue we could get hold of. And to me, that wasn't really good enough to have a reason to go out on tour. I, I was like, if I'm going to play a show, it's going to be with bands I've tried to actually hook up with, good bands, good venue. Um, so I had it kind of down to a science before pre-pandemic and uh, um, every show we played, we had an average of anywhere from 50 to a couple of hundred people. Uh, with the pinnacle being playing in Seattle, we played in front of
2: about 300 people. Um, and that was the first store. Uh, but I've, I've, uh, I don't know if you're interested in this part,
1: but um, I figured out this little trick of, uh, of booking a good show which was like, um, it's not a thing now anymore, I guess Facebook events, uh, the pandemic destroyed all of that. But I would, let's say I would find a venue uh, and I would try to figure out what is the last semi big local band that played there maybe a month and month and a half before, before I'm looking at it. Try to sweet talk them into locking down a date. And then I would reach out to the venue and be like, hey, you know your boys, uh, are down to play this, you know, play this show, do you think, you know, you'll you'll host us? And 95% of the time they'll be like, yeah, you've already done half the work. You already booked a big local guy. So yeah, have, have at it. So, but the only thing left for me would be trying to find a, maybe a smaller opening local band, which is a lot easier to find. Uh, once you have a date and a big local to close it. Um, and that also helped us make solid friends because usually the big local band was a serious band. So once you hook up with them, and, they, and, if, and we as a live performers, the one thing I always loved, and I think you can tell this, this was coming from the, the No H show that I saw, which was like, every time we would play, the bartender and the door guy would always come up to us and be like, man,
2: that was a fucking good show.
1: And it would always strike me somewhere that the, the bartender and the door guy who sees shows day in, day out, they're the ones who will come and tell us that, hey, that was a good live show. Uh, so it would always mean the most to me because these are the guys who just might as well just you know close their eyes and have a you clock know, in another night. And they're the ones who are bo- even bothering to come up and talk to us. Um, so I knew that if I were to just be able to put on a show, I'd be able to keep these these contacts whom I've, I've
2: kind of worked hard
0: to get uh, before they'd actually seen us play uh, anyway no that is two things educational and you're speaking our our language we like I said we uh, were in LA New York uh, Orlando last year this year we are going out on tour again but all all doing it DIY doing it ourselves very punk rock very ice cream grunge if you will <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, what is your band name, right? So I'd assume that first you were talking about the podcast. No, that's uh, what I'm talking about. No, oh, I don't, what you're talking. I don't oh, play good.
0: music. No, um, oh, okay. uh, but we both come from this background of, of one DIY and two, like how just put on a live show. Like this is working so well. What is the obvious next step? And we're like, uh, let's fucking put on a, you know, I come from the comedy uh, like background. I would never say I am a comic, but, um, and then it's like, oh, the obvious next step is we should get in front of people. And especially with the pandemic ending, you know, whenever it did, or that is right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to get in trouble and all the, yeah. So we're doing it literally, but that helps. And we almost subconsciously did that because in each place we, you know, found a band that, That was there that we liked that we you know was either on the pod or somehow you know connected to the pod. That being said, you should meet us somewhere. You should do two things. One, if you you know next time we're in LA, we'd love to have you on the on the pod. Oh,
1: absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Sweet. And then we're we're gonna use you as your connection to Highland, (laughs) by the bowl. Um, and then please come to our wayward states next time you're on tour when you tour the fucking new album please come to wyoming i don't know how longer she's going to be there but come to come to florida and wyoming please oh absolutely
1: uh <laughs> where in florida are you
0: i'm in orlando? south florida no i'm uh, we grew up in orlando but i'm in south florida now i'm in i'm like 20 minutes west of fort lauderdale gotcha. So, there's a cool indie place called Culture Room here. There's another one called Revolution Live. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are where like the punk rock and indie bands would be.
1: You know, oddly enough, I feel like I've heard of Revolution Live. Uh, I haven't made it out to Florida, but you know, when I was looking at venues, that strikes a chord in me. Um, I think I feel like
3: I've heard of that.
0: Yeah, that's where you would go to see like a Tokyo Police Club, a Bayside, Uh, uh, Peace, all these bands I've seen there. (laughs) But there's something else I was going to say about booking your show. I don't know. I lost it, but I think whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And we firm that's that we firmly believe in,
2: in, in that, you know, if, if you want to do something, just just figure out your own way to do it. Whatever that means. Uh, what is the name of the album? We didn't say that. Oh, it's a 16. Just the number 16. That's pretty cool um uh the the reason i picked the number
1: uh was uh it makes it a little mysterious uh one uh so it forces you to ask like hey so what is this about you know is it is it an age is it you know is it coming from somewhere else um so you can interpret it in any way you want um but mine mine was pseudo age uh ages uh and if you've seen the album cover, it's me under a bed with my guitar. Um, uh, and uh, the, the whole subtext is that... So when I was growing up, I had to... My, my, my folks weren't too enthused with me playing music. And they wouldn't give me the money to buy an instrument. So I, was, I borrowed an electric guitar, knowing that I would have to plug it in for it to make sound. So I would hide it under my bed and usually pull it out at like 2 a.m. to try practice. Uh, And since I didn't have to plug it in, I wasn't making a lot of sound. So everybody was fine as long as, you know. And uh, the first time my folks even found out that I played was in the newspaper. Somebody had put a picture of us playing live. And my dad was like, what the heck is this? What is going on? (laughs) And that's how they found out that I was even a
2: musician.
0: Oh wow, that's such a good story.
2: <laughs> uh, so I, uh, so you know, I wanted to make
1: uh, make that an album cover because you know, like you said, it's a, it's uh, it's personal. And uh, one of the things that with um, uh, that I was exploring it you know, because I made this, I started making working on this album during the pandemic, was that I was, I was beginning to realize that punk rock was always my heart. But I was keeping some personal things outside of, outside of music, and I wanted to start sharing some of that because I I was realizing that one of the things that people would come back and tell me about some of the songs was like, "Hey, man, you know, these are some things I went through. You know, these are some emotions that I also felt." So I was like, you know, if I start sharing more of these moments, even though specifically they might not be the same for somebody else, but they probably went through something similar. So the more I share, the more somebody resonates with these. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I started uh, messing with different sounds because as long as they told the story,
2: uh, it it became part of the uh, part of the resonance, I guess, if you will
0: prior to that, did you find yourself like having a wall up that you had to kind of take it down brick by brick and and, and put more of yourself out there?
2: yeah. I mean, it I wasn't fully conscious of it.
1: I think when I actually started working on trying to write lyrics, I realized that I had it. Um,
2: And it's, um, uh, I guess it's one of those things where uh, you try try to piece out,
1: you know, because one of the fun things I was realizing that um, when I initially started picking up the guitar and playing, you have a lot of external factors, uh, like, um, do you know, uh, I'm cool. You know, somebody will think I'm cool because I'm a musician or girls will like me and this and that. But I was realizing that the thing that music gave to me most was that it changed who I was. I was, I was basically discovering things about myself and I realized that is actually what gives me the most joy. So, um,
2: uh, sorry, I, th- I think I'm, did I, did I answer your question? You didn't, you did, you did in so many ways, man beautifully. and
0: I, Yeah, so many ways. And I have to ask this question because you touched on using the internet to your advantage. Uh, we've been sitting on this question for the right guest. And I think you might be that right, right guest. Okay. You can't time travel, but your phone has the internet from five years in
2: the future. What's the first thing you look up? Wow. <laughs> huh?
0: Where am I playing tonight? Did ice cream grunge catch
2: on?
1: I hate to admit this about myself. I'm so oddly narcissistic. I think I would look up what, I, what I'm doing. Where, where I am. Am I playing Lollapalooza? Uh, <laughs> something like that. I yeah, that's think... Probably
3: the first thing I would do.
0: This is definitely a question we'll probably bring back Depending on the guest, you're the first person we've asked this to. I bet you if you asked 20 people, 18 of them would say myself. I would 100%. I would Google just like, am I still alive?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's a
2: good one.
0: You know, but you'd have to just Ryan by neck. Dead. You're like, fuck. What day is it? It's tomorrow. Uh, well, I'll you're trying
1: it. to make me feel less bad, I guess. But-
0: no, no, I, I, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's uh, something on the top of your anti-bucket list? Something that you tried and you will never do again.
1: I'm, I'm a, I'm a person of familiarity. So I'm, it's so hard for anyone to make me try something new, but it's one of those odd things that sometimes when I try that new thing, that new thing now becomes my new obsession. So now
2: I'm all about this new thing that I just finally managed to break open and try. So uh, I tried, my wife took me as a gift, indoor skydiving. Have you ever tried? Yes, I've (laughs) done it.
1: Isn't it so oddly unsettling? I don't know. I don't know what your experience is. So weird.
2: So weird. It was, I didn't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I, um, the guy was trying to keep me afloat and I don't know if it's just my body mass or how I, how, how awkward I am. Like he had a devil of a time trying to do anything with me because, uh, so Abby knows, but Ryan, do you know like how indoor skydiving works or?
0: Yeah, it's a big fan. There's a dude in there trying to keep you over that fan until you can catch yourself. and.
1: <laughs> right and and he's like a he's like this high school teacher who keeps on telling you do your arms like this and do that or if you know he's like he's almost mad if you're making his job harder
3: <laughs> even though you're paying
1: for the privilege of this experience but anyway
0: <laughs> so that's out never never do an indoor skydiving again
1: well um. i i mean i guess it took uh maybe I might go back indoor skydiving, but definitely took me out of, I don't feel the need to do skydiving. Uh, okay. I feel like I, I got whatever, you know, whatever I needed to get out of that experience, I think.
0: <laughs> Man, that's a great answer. I, that's another thing that if I had to guess what the guest would mm-hmm. say, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty close to what I would say. Like a bucket list thing that I never need to fucking do again. Indoor skydiving is perfect perfect answer right. we don't have any wrong answers on bothering the Band, but that is the right answer so okay. um, what song do you want us to end this episode with of yours we always end with a guest song
1: i guess it would have to be uh, i should pick one of my new singles just because um i guess what kind of man
2: <laughs> uh what kind of man is my latest single um the, uh, my most popular song is "Survive," um, which, which I never really thought would be the
1: most popular because it's the it's the fastest song I wrote. I really wrote it in five minutes, and I just wanted to have a fast moving bop to open my EP, and <laughs> it ended up being the most popular song.
0: Isn't that ever. funny how that works out? Something you're just like, I don't, know, I guess. Here you go. <laughs> right. And then that's the thing that connects to people. That's, that's <laughs> wild. Um. Yeah, we I have your Spotify pulled up, but it was very easy because I you know, listen, rock and roll into your tunes. Um okay. well I we usually at this po- at this moment ask the really dumb question of do you follow us on Instagram? But I already noticed that you do follow us on Instagram. But that being said, everyone go follow Nadu Ban.
2: Uh, I actually followed you guys a long time ago. No way, really? Yeah, yeah um i so um here's, here here's something funny uh, i guess uh, about
1: me is that i am i am uh i'm of the school that i actually use social media i'm, I'm your uh, i'm your target user like i lo- uh, so like if i find something interesting i immediately follow it i have no qualms in commenting or you know not DMing necessarily, but I have no qualms commenting and following people because I just love inspiration. And I love people doing things that are inspirational. So at some point, I think I found you guys doing inspirational things and I followed you. And, um, and I, I did the same with every social media thing I'm on. I have no, like, I don't, I don't have that weird thing. Like my followers must exceed, you know, the number of people following me or something, you know, like that whole thing. I,
0: Yeah, there are there are a lot of quote unquote rules. Abby and I have this conversation with our friends. Now it seems like daily, where they're like, "Oh, you you need to do this to up your algorithm and all this." We're like, you know what? We just we literally started this to become friends with our favorite musicians. That's it. This this is the chore. This right here is the fun part. The other thing, I'm whatever. And yes, we're very similar. We're like. We, if we like you, we're reaching out. We like your music. Want to be on the pod? That's it, you know? Um, so thanks for being our target. <laughs> I don't, and he used the word inspiration,
2: Abby. I'm glad our soup questions <laughs> inspire. Oh, man.
0: So everyone follow, it's just Nadu band.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No, no underscore, no nothing. No dots. N-A-D-U-B-A-N-D. No. That's correct. Yeah.
1: Uh, and the same all across, like uh, oh, TikTok cool. and everywhere.
0: Oh, see, that's where you got us, right there. We are <laughs> not rocking and rolling on the TikTok. What about Twitter?
2: Um, I, so
1: I can only focus on two social media platforms. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's Instagram and TikTok for me.
0: Yeah, that's probably for the best. No hyperbole uh, and no, no lip service. You're a perfect guest. So keep yeah, going.
1: Thank you. Um, so the TikTok is a, ve- is a very unpolished place and unabashedly proud of it in some ways. So it's, it, is, it is what, in my mind, what social media was actually meant to be or what the internet was meant to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll just, sometimes it'll just be like a person's face with some texts all over it. And you're like, this is the worst video I've ever seen. If you just classify it as just as a video, but as an engagement tool, you're like, man, okay, this you know this person has something cool to say, and you reply back and forth. So the video did its job. It doesn't have to be the super polished
2: thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: It just needs to be a mode of communication to establish something, and that that it does really well, and people are okay with doing that. So the whole thing becomes, and uh, you. Uh, by putting out these unpolished videos, you're actually refining yourself. You're like, huh, I, uh, since you know, quantity, just like with music, the more music you do, the better you get at it. So with TikTok, it encourages you, it encourages you to keep putting, pushing out these unpolished videos, but it, in the back of it, what it's actually doing is it's training you to be better at videos simply because just, you keep pushing them out. And you see other people pushing out unpolished videos, so you feel less bad about doing it yourself. And anyway, just kind of keeps going like that.
0: Do you own stock in TikTok? TikTok stock? <laughs> no. Okay.
1: No, but <laughs> uh, but I was an early proponent of Facebook ads for music.
3: Oh, okay, um, cool. Uh,
1: so I think that's where that nerding thing comes from, and that's where I found most of the early listeners of Nadu. I, I just messed around with Facebook ads for a little bit and. I didn't really know what would come of it. I just wanted to try it because I was like, here's an avenue, why not try it? And when we, when we went on tour, it's really when it started making sense that why it was worth it. Because every show, Ryan, every show we played, at least four people, four to five people would come up and be like, yo man, I found your music on Facebook. I'm like, really? Really you found it on Facebook? That's wild. You know, I, I was just trying something. And and it was those five people who would buy a T-shirt, would so, you know, you know, or buy the merch that I had or the record. And at that time, I had tapes. Uh, There were there were the there were and uh, this one particular one stuck out to me is was this group of friends had actually we were playing these this venue called Ghosts in Santa Fe. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, And uh, it's a it's a really cool spot, but I I think it's shut down now. You know, have the place is shut down after pandemic, but. Uh, these five kids that driven down from Tucson to catch another. And we're, and at that, you know, even now I would say we're we're not a big band by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that people would actually drive down from another town to watch us. And he said, I found you on Facebook. And I saw your name on the tour schedule for this place and I had circled it and I came down here.
0: No, that's magical. And you said you weren't, you know a big band but to those kids you're massive you know and and i we try to remind ourselves that um you know we we are lucky because we get to geek out with our favorite bands um but we identify with what you're saying with our whole heart because we're going at if if you substitute the word podcast for band we're doing the exact same thing. we're we're putting out con- like something that we believe in and we're just say we're like, we hope people listen. Here we go, you know. And I we we measure it by those interactions and those little reassurances, which are again, massive. Like seeing people on our Instagram just comment about the artist to me is the greatest thing. like oh my God, I love Sky Wallace going to listen to the episode like i'm like oh fuck yeah that's great i love that stuff um when we were in la we had some lady came up to us in the show i was like i love the podcast i saw it on this i came and it was like oh it was like we're, we're almost tempering our excitement i don't know if you ever do this where i want to be like oh my god thank you so much you have no idea how much work this is and to this little reassurance goes so it's gonna keep us alive for a year you know
1: Oh man, I, you're the first person who's expressed that. So I feel like I can actually say that to you. I feel like jumping off the roof. Like it's even one person saying that it's because, you know, when you're doing this stuff, just like, you know, you are, you say, you know, I hope people would listen. Uh, And the fact that someone has resonated enough because you get back to your own feelings of when somebody has resonated with you. So you know what that means. So somebody else is doing that for the stuff that you're putting out is insane
0: yeah it's insane chills I've chills you (laughs) saying it and yeah there's just something I don't know existential and and in it that when you're I I can't even put it into words so um I think there's also something like like vulnerable where yes I want to jump up and down and hug this Mm -hmm. person but I'm like thanks so much totally you know (laughs)
1: Uh, you're sounding like the 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 band that you know that went up before you or after and like yeah cool show dude yeah that was was great 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 (laughs) set dude
0: (laughs) thanks so much uh (laughs) abby's abby's acting all cool too but there's been moments where we like leave a venue we get off of a pod and we're like our brains explode our hearts you know melt into our ice cream and Whereas like, and this is one of the too like this has been so much fun. Um, I have I have one other, and I think you'll have fun with this question. Um, what musician, live or dead,
2: would you, quote unquote, bother, in the vein of bothering the band, and what would you ask this person? I I feel so basic in (laughs) this, but I guess it would have to be Kurt Cobain. Uh. He was just so idiosyncratic on top of,
1: you know, his music and everything. Every story I hear about him is, you know, so, uh, so, uh, um, well, I guess not odd, I suppose, but maybe odd is the only thing I can
2: think of.
0: Layered. We could think of more. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: It's so layered. layered. It's so Id- idiosyncratic is a great word for it. Um,
1: what I would ask him. Huh.
0: It has to be done. What kind of soup do you like? He had stomach issues, right. so right. I don't know if he's going like a cream-based soup. You know, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I would ask, ask him something very banal because I just would like to know what he's on as, as a regular person. You know, as a regular dude. You know what? You know, uh, you know what? Yeah, I would just ask him, hey, dude, what what brand what, what brand is your couch like? You
3: know,
1: like what? <laughs> I just want to know something normal, day to day people.
0: He's like, it's it's rooms to go. Rooms to go. That's that's uh, a fucking great. Uh, that there's nothing basic about that. And no one's ever said Kurt Cobain
2: on the. Plane. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. I uh,
1: I was gonna say on that thread, like the the other reason why I would want to know something so uh, so regular with him is that me after passing the age of twenty seven, I was realizing how young he actually was when he died. You know. And, yeah, I was like, I, it, I uh, when I was younger listening to Nirvana, I was just like, oh, man, this is cool. You know, uh, sure, it's sad that he died at 27. But when, it, when I actually crossed 37, that's when I was like, wow, it's I don't know how he accomplished so much. So
0: much as a child. I feel like <laughs> <As a child. laughs> I'm just starting to feel like an adult. I'm 40. So 27 yeah. at 27, man, I did nothing. fuck
1: you you do not look 40 at all
0: yeah thank you (laughs) uh yeah that's a good and it's so right when you when you hit 27 you realize or or even older and you realize how young all those guys were and (laughs) and girls yeah what a what a wild what a wild ride this pod has been (laughs) what does the future hold for Nadu?
1: me playing lollapalooza for some reason, in my head, it's you know uh, something that always sticks to me, and I feel like that's where it's gonna be odd. You know, a couple of years from now, someone's gonna come back to this podcast. <laughs> you know I'm saying this, <laughs> but um, uh, I just have this mental image of playing to playing a big festival like that, and I just, I just feel like it's in my future. It's in the card. It's already written. I just have to keep going
0: dude it's it's (laughs) going to happen it's not even like you're saying it like it's this untouchable thing you you, it i can't wait to like whether this pod is around to to like text abby and be like he fucking did it you know (laughs) (laughs) that's great you're oh man manifest that we're gonna manifest it with you Um, thank you yeah dude and we're also going to manifest you know coming out to la and hanging out and get in some vegan pho with you i fully expect you right after this to crawl under your bed and play the guitar <laughs> just a little bit and you know get get your 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 steps in or whatever we call it um not this has been like exceeding expectations so much fun oh, eye-opening heartwarming all of the above we can't thank you enough man this is that's our it's it's tough to wrap this show up but abby needs food you got to go play the guitar i need to go get a haircut uh, <laughs> this has been a, a fantastic show thank you so much everyone listening go follow nadu ban Go just Spotify right now and and listen and and turn it up loud. I've been doing it at 5 a.m. the last two weeks. Just turn it up a little bit too loud. Pour yourself some coffee, put an orange
2: in it. Fuck, yes, bothering the band. But now do. Boom. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Abby.
3: I won't be around. To cut the ribbon To open your heart Find nothing there You give me a chance And if you do I'm afraid